0: Welcome to the Weird and the Strange, a podcast about all things weird and everything mm-hmm. strange. I'm Dev and I'm here with my friend, Nikki. Friend, <laughs> hello.
1: <laughs> and it's Nikki's episode. So, um, vampires are back Ooh. in the spotlight after BBC's fancy schmancy scary three part oh, drama, yeah. um, which I've not yet watched no, yet. No, me either. Um, but apparently it's very gory. Um. All about Dracula. But, I mean... That's so mainstream and, like, really <laughs> boring. So um, I thought I'd look into some chat about vampires for, like, hipsters, you know, so the less well-known stories that we can be like, oh, we were into that first. Oh, yeah. Um, we knew a bit that first, by the way. <laughs> um, so um, I thought I'd look into, first of all, I thought I'd look into some other people who were um, sort of deemed to be vampires. Okay. So there's a German called Fritz Harman who was known as the Vampire of Hanover, um, between 19... 19- 1919 and 1924, Harmon committed at least 24 murders. Um, His victims were primarily young male vagrants who hung around railway stations, whom he would lure back to his apartment and then kill by biting through their throats. He was eventually apprehended when numerous skeletal remains, um, which he had dumped into the River Lane, washed up on shore and led authorities to his home. Um, He was beheaded by guillotine. And his head was preserved in a jar, and the off chance that an examination of his brain would reveal the secrets of his madness. Um, but it's now in a medical school called Gottingen, and is still pretty much intact. Oh, so they didn't look at his brain? Eh, well, apparently not. Uh, but also, that is weird. Might not be worth much when it's dead, like.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. What <sighs> did he not have a
0: knife? Like what would compel you to use your teeth as your weapon?
1: Well, so the following guy is the the vampire of Sacramento in America, Um, who's a guy called Richard Trenton Chase, um, who was from 1950 to 1980, and he was an American serial killer who killed six people in the span of a month in California. And he um, he initially was well. I've just gone straight straight through it. Um, In 1976, he was involuntarily committed to a mental institution um, because he injected rabbits' blood into his veins. So the staff nicknamed staff in a in the 70s. (laughs) I'd like to just add, (laughs) nicknamed him Dracula because of his blood fixation.
0: He's, I mean, you've got to alleviate yourself yeah. if you're doing such a no. job. Don't
1: it um, he broke the necks of two birds he caught through the window oh of the of the God. mental institution and he drank their blood. And then he also extracted blood from therapy, therapy dogs. Oh. Like little therapy dogs who come
0: in. Did he like had enough um, a lack of iron or something gave him a craving for blood.
1: It's a really strange form of like, yeah, but yeah you so know, like
0: pregnant women eat want crave coal.
1: Pika. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. When they want to eat graphite and yeah. things like that. Yeah, because you're missing it. I had it for a while, but it didn't. I didn't want to eat coal. It was um, to because I when I was an I was anemic. And it's one of the symptoms is pica, And it's when I used to eat loads of ice. And uh, I used to
0: have... Oh I used to you still love eating ice. I know, but I used it gives to give me the heaps. Really like I ice. can't look at you when you do that. It makes <laughs> well I don't take.
1: funny. I don't I don't eat as much ice as I used to. I used to really be obsessed oh, really? with it. And uh, yes yeah, it's, it's it's a form of, of this thing called Pika which is like uh, yeah, it can get really weird. Well maybe he had that. Well, hmm he was like putting it into their, his veins though. Yeah, I know that is weird. And I just feels really sad, because, like, you know, you have your little, like, sort of, like, you know, therapy dog, your That's little looking after golden, you. golden retriever, and, like, and he's, Let's like, let me drink your blood. And he's extracting blood with syringes oh. and stuff. Poor wee doggies. Anyway, he was obviously diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, um, and under after undergoing a battery of treatments involving psychotropic drugs, he was deemed no longer a danger to society. <laughs> so, of course... He was released into his mother's custody and she weaned him off his drugs and set him up in his own apartment. So initially he had flatmates and funnily enough they all moved out. I can't imagine why. I would love
0: to hear their stories. Oh, I can't imagine why. Because
1: basically it just didn't go well. And um, about a year later, so he was was released in 1976 and then in December 1977 um, he went on a blood soaked spree, basically. He started killing people and for a whole month um he sort of was doing like home invasions. Like uh-huh. but they were they were like basically murders of he would just walk past and then all of a sudden decide to go in and like it was like like compelled to, yeah yeah but I mean they were really grizzly so not a real vampire then because you have to be invited in exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> um but he was interrupted during his last grizzly murder and was arrested shortly afterwards so the police who searched his apartments found that the walls floor ceiling refrigerator and all of his eating and drinking utensils were soaked in blood oh <laughs> that is why his flatmates moved out yeah so he was um he was I think he was—he was found not insane um, when he was put on trial for murder, and he was killed. um, I think by lethal injection. Um, Ironically, yes. But yeah, um, it seems weird that he was declared sane. Yeah, to stand. was a vampire? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But just, just how do you get into a place where? Yeah. yeah. So then there's. uh, a vampire called Enriqueta, in sorry, Enri Enrique? hmm Enrique, Enrique, Enrique mm-hmm. Marti, who's a dark character in the history of Barcelona. Um, and she became a legend during the early 20th century. So she was. Um, she lived in the right in the heart of Barcelona. And so back, imagine yourself back in 1912. A neighbour sticks her head out of the window between the curtains of the next door. She sees a girl with a shaved head in her living room and decides Brittany, Brittany bitch. Yeah. <laughs> decides to warn an acquaintance who tells the authorities about what she'd seen. And the, when they arrived, the three policemen found two children um, who had disappeared many months before. Um, And at the time there were stories that they had found ointments made of fluids of children and human bones in the house where the female vampire lived and that she used, used to beg during the daylight and at night she would kidnap children to create potions that she sold to the city's elite I have a question Mm-hmm. Did she, <laughs> when did they think she slept? I'm not really sure. Um, I'm assuming when she's creating potions, she yeah. maybe took a bit of a nap. And having catnaps. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a full-on job. Yeah. But I think that possibly what it, all it was was that she was a pimp and a kidnapper, which is not a good thing, no. obviously. Um, but um, I doubt that the potions were made of children. <laughs> no, yeah. But... So, these aren't really vampires. They're just sort of really creepy weirdo killers. Yeah. Um, So, what about real vampires? Mm. So, the vampire, which is an undead figure who rises each night from his unquiet grave to feast on the blood of the living, has actually been in folklore since the time of the ancient Greeks. So, it's the first sort of, like, references we have to it. Um, And are they... as you know, my fascination, are they in multiple cultures? Yes, they are. And we go in oh to discuss God. some oh, of them. Oh, I love it. I, I love know. that kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, um, because, um, although the, there was like the philosophers that from Greece were in their in their 70s, the life expectancy in ancient Greece was actually thought to be around 28. Oh, right. So, Wait, philosophers were in their 70s? Yeah, so like, like Aristotle, Plato, and, Plato. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. really? The so, average...
0: the, so the depiction of wise old men is true?
1: Uh, yeah, because they were the only people that had lived like basically three times the length of uh, the la- average life expectancy. Do you think that's it. You got to reach
0: thirty, and they're like, "Oh, wise, 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 wise." wise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: wow, we'd be we be so wise. I mean, you would <laughs> <It's> rude. <laughs> so of course, if without sort of like you know when you don't know about the sort of effects of sanitation and refrigeration and antibiotics and stuff like this. So, um, communities in older times saw the hand of the supernatural and per- potentially in many diseases. So there's always been a conversation that something called porphyria, um, which affects the chemical compound which makes up hemoglobin, so hame, mm. um, which is found in your blood. If you have a um, porphyria, it's, it's, a, um, it's basically the symptoms are things like itching and rashes and blisters when you're exposed to sunlight. Um, and at the very worst Is that not any pale skinned person? Yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes me Yes yeah, same. <laughs> um, and, But um, in very rare cases the gums recede from the teeth so it makes the teeth uh, appear really prominent so potentially people who had this really badly uh-huh. might begin to sort of like start we start seeing a sort of traditional idea of the vampire as covered in boils unable to go out in sunlight and with uh, these de- the with teeth. big teeth Yeah, I'm not joking but
0: that does sound a little bit like my mum
1: <laughs> rude I listen. hope she doesn't listen <laughs> she doesn't, my sister does <laughs> do not tell mom. <laughs> so well, and I, th- this is this is actually the sentence that's next, and I'm sorry because you just mentioned your mum. Their bodily waste takes on a purple hue, <laughs> like, but it's like as if it's it's undigested blood. I uh, like, so, yeah. um, I don't think that's the case. And the um, effects of sensitivity to light can be so severe that sufferers lose their ears and noses. Um, oh but there are very few cases that are as extreme as this in the world. So yeah. Um, but diseases such as catalepsy, which is which is the one everyone's so scared of, which puts people into a catatonic state so deep that their pulse was hard to detect, meant some were buried alive. Oh and yeah, this is thing that's that why why right, they had a dead ringers, yeah, yeah, ring. mm, yeah, the bell and the yeah. thing. But. Um, if they awoke, some people were driven so mad with fear and hunger that they would bite themselves. Um, an explanation, perhaps, for some of the corpses found with fresh blood, like uh. if they'd bitten themselves. Or in, for example, the case of Mercy Brown and the vampire beliefs of New England um, in America, where specific disease tuberculosis was associated with outbreaks of vampirism. with As with the pneumonic form of bubonic plague... Hashtag previous episode when the plague. Yeah, um, I've forgotten which one number it was. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> it was associated with the breakdown of lung tissue, which would cause blood to appear on the lips. So you know when you cough, oh, yes, it's like you've course. got blood coming up. Yeah. so it's as if you maybe have just um, gone and eaten, mm. and also quite often people with TB they get really rosy cheeks, mm. um, um, but are generally pale. But yeah, with and blood mm. um, as your lungs break down, lovely. Um, or rabies, because of course in the past there would be much more rural communities. Mm. Um, there was much more of a likelihood of contracting rabies from animals around you, um, both wild and domesticated, and the symptoms which included an aversion to light and water, aggression, biting, and delirium, and also frothing at the mouth. Yeah, babies. like um, they wouldn't exactly sort of like be a million miles away from a sort of a contemporary a, examples of what vampires were Mm. because back in the day before um, the sort of modern version of the vampire that we know and love um, vampires were seen as bloated and like red like more red coloured and basically the description of them is more like an animated corpse like more like a zombie rather than um, sort of like the pale imposing Mm. figure (laughs) yeah so these traditional symptoms of vampirism, like you know, which are mostly to do with the modern view of a vampire, they they're not the only types of blood suckers that they used to, that you get. So, um, and there are many different cultures around the world that have different versions of the same myth, and cool. um, a lot of them the, that sort I'm of here for. yes, <laughs> and they sort of contradict the uh, the views of of it being sort of like a diseased person or you know somebody um, with TB or something like that because for example there is the Betzleo of people of Madagascar tell of the Romanga which is an outlaw or living vampire who drinks the blood and eats the nail clipping of nobles. <laughs> <laughs> which is gross. It <laughs> sound, just sounds like Megan Markle Stalk. <laughs> <No. laughs> and then there's the uh, Manananggal in the Philippines which is an older beautiful woman capable of severing its upper torso in order to fly into the night with huge bat like wings and prey on unsuspect unsuspecting sleeping pregnant women in their homes they also uh, prefer to eat um, sorry they use an elongated proboscis like tongue to suck suck fetuses from these pregnant women and they prefer to eat entrails especially the heart and the liver and the phlegm of sick people which gives me the dry bulk yes for sure absolutely gross like when I was reading about that, it sort of was making me like a little bit. Yeah, yeah it yeah.
0: sounds like um, a misogynistic trope for an older woman, mm. a childless older woman. Like if you've got sucking in your. Babies. Yeah, if you've got an, a childless older woman in, in your village and then somebody next door loses a baby, mm-hmm. then it's her.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. That it's makes me of, a bit sad. Yeah. There's also a blood sucking snake from the Puchin, or Puchin of Chile. Um, and then there's the Baboon Sith of Scotland Ugh. and the Yaramayahu of Indigenous Australian tribes. The Scottish Baboon Sith is also a beautiful woman who appears to people, mostly men of, um, seduce them and then suck their blood. Um, and one recurring motif in the stories is that they appear almost immediately after hunters express their desire for female companionship. And it sort of is, is connected to this traditional Scottish belief that if one were to make a wish at night without invoking God's protection, then the wish would be granted, but with some terrible sort of additional parts to it. So you say, oh, if only I made a million pounds. like, But like, you'd be like, so you'd make a million pounds, but then you would, you know, you would, it'd be like in Midas, you would never be able to touch it right. or something like that, you know. So there's always like a terrible back thing unless you sort of say, I want it in a really noble type of way yeah like rather than a woman who's going to come and um, then suck my blood after <laughs> you know she's just me i mean i think i'd let somebody suck my blood for a million pounds <laughs> <laughs> not all of it <laughs> you heard it here first kids <laughs> um ancient babylonia and assyria had tales of the mythical lilitu which is the non- which becomes lilith in hebrew Oh, yes. Um and they were considered. Uh, she was considered a demon and was also depicted depicted as subsisting on the blood of babies, and then again I know. Yeah, and then estries, female shipshifting shifting, blood drinking demons were said to roam the night among the population seeking victims. And then the Greco-Roman mythology described the Impusa, where the daughter was the daughter of the goddess Hecate and was described as a demonic bronze-footed creature. Um, She feasted on blood by transforming into young women, seduced men, drinking their blood, yon yon. Uh, The Lamia uh, preyed on young children in their beds at night, sucking their blood, added the Gelo. And then, like the Lamia, and then there's the Striges, which feasted on children but also preyed on adults. And they were described as having the bodies of crows or birds and were later incorporated into Roman mythology as Strix, which are kind of a nocturnal bird that fed on human flesh and blood. So, like crows or mm. rooks or something. Mm-hmm. So, vampires were more than just sort of like, you know, a disease people. Quite often they were like, um, they were the other. And um, some, the, some guy who did the, um, the introduction of the most recent version of, of Dracula said that in ancient Greece, the barbarians from the, on the Greek world were cannibals and bloodsuckers, able to do all sorts of black magic that the Greeks weren't. And in other places, it was the pagan tribes. Even in South America, the vampiric creatures the Incas believed in were from the wilds beyond their cities. Or, of course, the other other, which is women. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because nobody knows anything about women because we're a mystery. So I'd
0: I'd heard as well um, that potentially, and I don't know how true this is, that
1: it was to do with women's periods. Mm. Mm. Like maybe a sort of blood, like sort of a surfeit because they'd eaten so many bloods of babies and things. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It sort of, it feels like, like it's interesting that in a lot of country- in a lot of countries sort of separately it's women yeah and like in Asia there's a lot of you know things like the sort of ringu type character like women who have like holes in the backs of their neck that they have to fill with blood oh like eating babies lots yeah. of eating babies eating children because they're you know defenseless and stuff like yeah. this and it does feel like you know is it to do with the whole blood thing you know yeah I don't know. Yeah. So the causes of vampiric generation, so what makes somebody become a vampire, um, are also um, varied in different folklore. In Slavic and in Chinese traditions, randomly, um, any corpse that was jumped over by an animal. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not all of them? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like a little vole. Me. (laughs) Yeah. But particularly a dog or a cat um, oh. was
0: feared to become a one cat. of the undead. So you never walk your dog in a graveyard if you're Slovakian or Chinese. Uh, yes, or no. he, sorry, if you're if you're in Slovakia or China. Well, or if say. you're from
1: a Slavic country or a Chinese country, uh, yeah. A Slavic, so yeah,
0: not, <laughs> not, not just Slovakia. Well,
1: maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, a body with a wound that had not been treated with boiling water, which, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that wound isn't a boiling water school because that's not going to do much good
0: can you imagine that is the worst thing ever (laughs) that is like when I cut my wrist and then not on purpose folks um and they wanted to put stitches on it and I was like I do not want you to stick a needle in my wound know, exactly. it's like it's already quite
1: bad things. yeah so why
0: would I also want you to pour yeah. boiling water on it yeah
1: um yeah I'm quite pleased that the whole sort of like the the move towards glue to stick stuff yeah. together that seems like a wise is well, that's what happened but it was also why i've got a scar on. Right. <laughs> anyway <laughs> it was sidetrack <laughs> anyway, in russian folklore vampires were said to have once been witches or people who had rebelled against the russian orthodox church whilst they were alive um, heretics blah yeah so cultural practices often arose that were to prevent that happening to you know your poor recently deceased loved one so a what they were so obviously preventing dogs leaping over graves, obviously. But um also burying a corpse upside down widespread.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of that. Placing
1: earthly objects such as scythes or sickles um to burst you if you start sort of like Oh, so if you wake up you've got a way out. That's That's quite considerate. Um, Why didn't they No 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 sorry. It's to stab you um Uh, to keep you in place
0: to go all buffy on them yeah exactly just on that note though instead of a bell mm. to to alert that you've been buried alive why didn't they just give them a way out and then if you didn't need it you didn't need
1: it because they would that would also be a really easy way in like for grave robbers uh yeah okay sorry carry on that's all right um so um some some objects to were put near the grave to satisfy any de- demons entering the body, or to appease the dead, so that it would not wish to arise from its coffin. Um, this method it resembles the re- Greek practice of placing uh, a coin in the in the corpse's mouth to pay the toll on the river Styx. Yeah. And it's been argued that sometimes, like when they found old. Um, like old bodies with mm. the coin in the mouth. They thought that it was actually intended to ward off evil spirits from in- entering the body, so it might be like an influence, like a uh, reverse influence. Right,
0: I see, yeah.
1: Um, so the tradition persisted in modern Greek folklore um, in which a wax cross and a piece of pottery with the inscription Jesus Christ Conquers were placed in the corpse to prevent the body from becoming a vampire. I mean... <laughs> Covering it in garlic, probably, as well. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) other methods practiced in Europe include severing the tendons, that's nice, Uh. at the knees um, so that they couldn't walk. (laughs) (laughs) That's so harsh. Or placing poppy seeds millet or sand on the ground because this is a weird thing, and this is also seen in China as well, is this idea that it will keep the vampire occupied by counting all the the grains. (laughs) And in Chinese (laughs) stories, it's... So they have
0: no attention.
1: Like, oh obviously kept them yes ah uh-huh. <laughs> it's like they what was it they called it something like um, it's like a, a type of monomania but it's to do with counting oh. and so that you sort of go oh it's a sack of rice i must count every grain like this and it's a real distracting mechanism and then they're like oh no it's almost done i'll go back to bed and then they get up in the morning yeah <laughs> i need to i still not count this so yeah it's um it's, it's also like a theme dogs do that yeah so it's a theme that's encountered in myths from india as well as All well right. as in south america like um so distraction pieces yeah that that you know that the undead could be really distracted by counting (laughs) (laughs) they were mathematicians in a former life it's like hang on (laughs) i need to know i just need to know (laughs) i
0: cannot go any further it's like (laughs) in my gym they've got guess the amount of calories in a peanut butter jar
1: you think it's like that
0: (laughs) you can win a million pounds if you the free personal training session vampire if you guess the amount of rice know,
1: exactly it's like one minute to to that. One. 400 million and 11 400 million and 12 and then somebody's like
0: oh which one two three and they're like no I have to start again <laughs> don't talk to me whilst I'm talking <laughs> numbers <laughs> so annoying, P.S., when people
1: do that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. eight. Yeah. Um, So in the 17th century onwards, there was like a serious uptick in the number of vampire legends and record. Uh, So despite being called the Age of Enlightenment, um, that, you know, during which time a lot of the sort of legends began to sort of fall off in popularity. People began to sort of say, oh, well, maybe it is science. Maybe it's not ghosts. Maybe it's not um, like Bigfoot. Maybe it's not... Mm. um, Bogans, boggarts, exactly. You know, it's not these type of things anymore. Um, but actually, uh, the belief in vampires increased um, during this time, um, and there was actually a sort of bit of mass hysteria um, throughout a lot of Europe. Um, when was this, sorry? In the 17th century, so oh, in the 1600s. Right. Um, and it started in the 16th, 1600s. And then basically um, in the 1700s, there was like a, a load of um, an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks in East Prussia in 1721 mm. and in the Habsburg monarchy from 1725 to 34. Um, and this sort of spreads. And as the newspapers report them, um, more people sort of get to hear about it because this is, you know, post-era of printing press. Newspapers are really big. And so it's sort of like big fake news scandals or real news scandals, who knows? (laughs) So the first two famous infamous vampire cases to be officially recorded involves the corpses of Peter Blagovitch and Milos Sis. I mean, I'm going to go with Chechar. Um, yeah I'm sure. going yeah, yeah something like that from Serbia so Blagojevic was reported to have died at the age of 62 but allegedly returned after his death asking his son for food I <laughs> like dad I thought you were dead then, no, sorry I'm a <laughs> bit confused a <laughs> and then when the son refused he was what? found dead the following day and well I'm sorry
0: thirsty berries. Give him, him an apple now like he won't you know.
1: feed him. <laughs> no, no. Just give him an apple, send him on his way. Fair enough. <laughs> Maybe some I don't know, biltong, I mean, some sort of yeah. dried meat product. How many probably... strikes do you get? <laughs> no. Um so yeah, he was found the ne- dead the next day and he then the blag of Blagovic uh Supposedly returned and attacked some neighbours who all died from loss of blood. So there was sort of this idea that he had actually sucked the blood from yeah. them. Um, so, you know, potentially there's, there's not much more information about that, but potentially, obviously, it's that he was wrongly buried mm. and he came back and he was like, Man, I've come back to life. Like, I'm really <laughs> hungry and I'd like a glass of water. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? son. <laughs> like, Do your dad a favour.
0: <laughs> Although to be fair, you would freak out, wouldn't you? Oh totally. Yeah. Totally <laughs> creepy.
1: So in the second case, Milos, an ex soldier turned farmer, who is allegedly attacked by a vampire years before, dial it says died while died died, died while heing. I don't think haying is a word. What is haying? I'm assuming he's like doing stuff with hay. Okay. Like, <laughs> stacking it. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sizing.
0: We can make like a, a verb from that. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: Um after All his,
0: encompassing. Oh,
1: harvesting. Harvesting. That's That's the the yes. <laughs> after the, his death, the people began to die in the surrounding area, and it was widely believed that he had returned to prey on them. Um, but they, um, but what,
0: what, they ended up
1: digging him up and, you know, he recently died, so he looked fine. And they were like, ah, oh, he looked fine because he'd been praying on the neighbours. So. Uh, but see. potentially he may have died and everybody else may have died from something like tuberculosis. Yeah, and something, I and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor guy. So another inf- infamous Serbian vampire, uh, Legend recounts the story of of Sava Savanovic, who lives in a watermill and kills and drinks the blood from the millers. Uh, and the character was later used in a story written by Serbian mil- Serbian writer. Um, it's called Trica which is inspired by the story. Okay, but there's no further information about that one. All oh, right. So um, glad the, you included it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but um, there's a horror movie about it you can watch it 1973, I'm sure it's great (laughs) but but, of course so the the most famous vampire which um, sort of started um, in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire by English writer John Polidori and it was highly successful and arguably the most influential vampire work of the early 19th century Um, so that was 80 years before Bram Stoker's Dracula um so um but it was a similar type of vampire they created a lot of the sort of tropes that you see then picked up by Bram Stoker in Dracula um and even though that's the one that's most popular and most remembered um and it's provided the basis of sort of all of the modern vampire legend so a lot of the things about him being pale and you know the whole nosferatu scared of the light um turning into a bat these type of things those come from that because previous folklore didn't have that as right. as part of the as part of the folklore so despite most people thinking it's a load of nonsense there are still sightings reported in these enlightened times so in early well in early 1970 which isn't quite this enlightened time but it's mm-hmm. close enough um, local press spread rumors that a vampire hunted highgate cemetery in london um am um, amateur vampire hunters. Of course there's amateur yeah. vampire hunters. Because, you know, professional vampire hunters wouldn't give this at the time of the day. <laughs> um, they flocked in large numbers to the cemetery. Seven books several books have been written about the case. Um and um they they're most notably by a guy called sean manchester who was a local man who was among the first to suggest the existence of the vampire yeah, and then who later claimed to have exercised and destroyed a whole nest of vampires in the area sure yeah so i'm i'm thinking that based on last week's uh, thing that he wasn't uh um, a real exorcist no and that he probably charged 500 pounds for that yeah exactly <laughs> he did not go to the vatican for training
0: no. Exactly. By the way, if that was still now, yeah, and there was a rumor, I would 100% make us
1: go to. Oh, we're we're clearly amateur vampire hunters, just not professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got other so, stuff to do. Um, yeah, <laughs> allegations of vampire attacks swept through Malawi in 2002 to 2003, with mobs stoning one person to death and attacking oh at least four others, including the governor, uh, um, based on the belief that the government was colluding with them.
0: Oh my god, that's quite recent as well.
1: And there's been a more more recent one in oh, Malawi gosh. as well. There was another one that came up in 2015, I think. Um, oh, wow. But it's coincidentally around the same time as political, um, uh, like big political I things. See. So uh, there seems to be sort of... Correlation. Um, yeah, they're, they're using that sort of, uh, that's that superstition of the vampire attacks mm. to sort of, Potentially do away with political opponents. Mm. So in Romania during February 2004, several relatives of a guy called Toma Petru feared that he had become a vampire. They dug up his corpse, tore out his heart, burned it, mixed the ashes with water, and then drank it. Oh. In 2004. Wow. Yes. So, um just a little bit of there's just a little bit of a sidebar on something that um was interesting to me um which is that um there are existing animals in the world who sort of may have that sort of are involved in the vampire myth and obviously it's the vampire bat. Um yeah. and it's the only animal that are actually hematophagic, which means they feed exclusively on blood because lots of other animals like bite you, but yeah. they don't they don't use it for food.
0: Not even leeches. No, they don't use it for feed for oh, food what and- do they...
1: Use it for then. Um, I assume that the it's like you know like omnivorous. They add it oh, right. like in the same way that we. Eat black oh, pudding. I see. It's so... just the,
0: the starter or dessert.
1: Yeah, like our mosquitoes use it to um, oh, yeah. initiate the um, like uh, the uh, what's the word cycle of children. Becoming... <laughs> the birth ah, cycle. Not children.
0: So it's only female mosquitoes yes, about exactly. you, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, and it's what like makes them attractive to men. Yeah, reproductive. Reproductive cycle, uh-uh. that's the word that I'm flailing around for. <laughs> um, so, um, vampire bats um, prey on warm blooded animals and they locate blood hotspots with their inbuilt infrared heat sensors <laughs> and utilize a protein called Draculine. Ooh. which keeps their prey's blood flowing so ah, it sends yes. it just at the at the point of entry mm. um, they also need to feed every two days in order to survive and in finding prey this frequently is a challenge so they live in communal roosts and have evolved a mechanism of food sharing whereby they re- regurgitate blood for starving oh, individuals nice. but this is often done in a tit for tat manner so individuals who have benefited from regurgitated blood blah, um have to reciprocate later by donating to the bats that help them
0: oh i quite like that yeah it's nice yeah we
1: should do that i mean not with blood no No, i'm not regurgitating anything no (laughs) pay it forward yeah Mm -hmm. exactly so um but yes and then the other the other sort of like Main one is the ability for vampires to live forever. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, whales and sharks live can live for over two hundred years. Like you know, they're quite long lived. Yes. Um, and tardigrades, which um we've had a conversation about before, I think. Uh, the tiny water dwelling creatures. They can exist in a state of suspended animation indefinitely, and then come back to life when they're hydrated. Uh, yeah. But uh, there is the immortal jellyfish, which. When it's growing, it just grows, and then when it becomes stressed, it can go back to a polyp, so it can basically regenerate as many times as possible. But normally, they succumb to predation or disease eventually. But Mm. um, but it has a potential to regenerate indefinitely. Yeah, so it's pretty much immortal. Not like
0: a worm. If you cut it in half, yeah, becomes two worms. But then, normally, is that true? I don't know if it was a myth or if it was true.
1: I don't know. It's, it's It strikes me as one of those things on QI that would get you the klaxon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, there, so I'd really like to see some sort of like jellyfish crossover, vampire jellyfish crossover yeah, thing. what would it be called? It, I don't know. Jellypire. But, but it's there's probably already an anime about it because oh, there's yeah. some weird yeah. animes about things. But there is also a vampire squid um, but it's not giant. Yes. um... And it is eaten by giant squids. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard of vampires. But it doesn't actually. A drink blood or anything like that. It's only called it because it has a cool cloak. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, so it has webbing between the legs of it. Yeah, it's like yeah. an octopus and it has a webbing. So it looks between like it's mac it. <laughs> Diabolical cloak. But it's not that diabolical because its defence tactic is called the pineapple posture. And basically it turns its um cloak inside out and on the inside it's all brightly coloured with spikes. So oh, it looks cool. like a pineapple. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um yeah, so I don't think that's supposed to be like you know a vampire esque type thing, um. But yeah, so nowadays, um, people who are still involved in vampire and vampiric rituals mm. and things like that, um, they do tend to sort of like do it. It so it of tends to be a sort of offshoot of Satanism, mm. um, and or people who are uh, trying to you know get a rise and do the occult. So some people will buy blood, um, to drink, and some people will, um, actively circuit seek out people to drink blood from
0: yes i've heard of
1: this as well yeah. it's so weird yeah uh-huh. so it's a
0: weird fetish
1: it is yeah uh-huh. oh, but um most of the time again we're... it would do it for a million pounds <laughs> <laughs> but then most of the people but then when people sort of in um, when it becomes sort of when it like becomes a risk on life yeah then it tends to be oh. people who are psychopaths so, yeah yeah um, yeah so... this is
0: the thing if somebody said i'll give you a million pounds to drink my blood i'd be like well how about yeah. how about we do
1: it in a like, you know controlled environment c- controlled <laughs> environment where I sit there with like, you know, a thing in my arm and then you give me a biscuit afterwards and a cup of tea <laughs> yeah. and then I go off you take like my pint of blood and do whatever you want <laughs> with, well it. with it. Yeah. However, actually I'd prefer to do that for the NHS. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> the blood so um anyhow that's that's my chat about vampires. Love um, it. so stay safe, sleep tight and don't let the vampires bites. <laughs> <laughs>